You're listening to Once, Once Upon a Time Podcast, Episode 70. Welcome back to another episode of Once, the unofficial podcast for ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. And I'm Jenny. And we're missing our good friend, Jeremy, tonight. He's sick, uh, or just sick enough that he's not able to join us for the podcast. But hopefully he'll be back to normal, healthy condition. And Once Upon a Time is coming back this Sunday, January 6th. I'm excited. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That was my tired... (laughs) Excited noise. Yeah, it is exciting to have it coming back, and I'm I'm wondering what's coming. I, I've seen a lot of rumors of things, some substantiated, not, some not so. But whatever happens, I think we're going to be amazed by it. So check out the website over at oncepodcast.com where we've got our forums and you can follow us on Twitter and link to us in iTunes and subscribe if you're not already subscribed. And we've got some cool things coming up in this episode that we're going to talk about some random topics that have come in just before we uh, launch back into the season with episodes. Now, if you are used to our normal schedule, I need to make this announcement up front. If you're used to our normal schedule, like our live show, which we're doing right now, We normally do on Wednesday evenings at 8.30 p.m. That's Eastern Time or GMT minus 5 over at oncepodcast.com slash live with the chat room. And on Sunday nights, well, the next week and a half are going to be a bit strange. So on Monday, we'll be recording our initial reactions on January 7th at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time. That's GMT minus 5 And then we probably won't be able to have a live full discussion that week. And then our initial reactions after that will be not live. But then we'll be back on our regular schedule on January 16th. And you can get this information over at oncepodcast.com slash live. Scroll down to the calendar and you'll be able to see our schedule of live podcasts. So let's get into talking about uh, Once Upon a Time because even though there hasn't been a new episode. There's still plenty of stuff to talk about and uh, some, especially some unanswered questions. And I want to start with that from Jacob sent us a voicemail with a bunch of unanswered questions that he went back and rewatched season one, season two, listened to our podcast, uh, looked at our show notes, and he came up with a list of unanswered questions. And we're going to try and talk through some of these uh, as he gave them to us. So his first question was, how did Henry get to Storybrooke. We know that somehow Mr. Gold, in his own word, he said he procured Henry mm-hmm. and Regina adopted him. And that was about 10 years ago, shortly after his birth, it seems, because Regina refers to having changed every diaper and all of that. So how did Henry actually get here? Because as Jacob pointed out in his voicemail, and I won't be able to play it just because I think it works, uh, it'd be a little bit odd to cut it up so many times, but he pointed out in his voicemail that um, Rumpelstiltskin didn't know he was Rumpelstiltskin in Storybrooke until Emma showed up. Are we convinced about that? Yeah, I am, because that's what the writers have said. 
and that's what the um, the really the storyline seems to be. And so I, I think that yes, he didn't wake up, and the whole thing, as well as how he said he wanted to make sure the name Emma stuck in his mind with that squid ink. So if Rumpelstiltskin didn't really know what he was doing, I think it leaves two possible ideas. One is either he was somehow magically drawn to Henry, or two, someone who knew who Henry was and knew who Henry's mother was brought Henry to Storybrooke. I'm leaning toward the second. I mean, there's a third idea is that it was just some random chance that he showed up, which I kind of doubt that. So I'm not considering that a legitimate theory. I just, I don't think for this TV show, they would do something like that, that, oh, hey, just by chance, you got the savior son. What if it was August? That's what I'm thinking. Because August can come and go in Storybrooke. And uh, in fact, we've got a voicemail about this very thing that I'd like to play that um, lends some more support to this idea. Hi, Oncers. This is Riddle Raven. And I have this theory that I have to get out of my brain because I don't know if anyone else has it, but I haven't heard it anywhere. And I know that pretty soon we're going to learn how gold got Henry into Storybrooke because it was mentioned by the writers in the official podcast that pretty soon we'll learn it. So I think that August is responsible for that. I think that in order to get Emma to Storybrooke, August was trying to fulfill his role in that by getting her child there. I don't know exactly how he found out that she had a child. Um, Maybe when he first flew across the country with all that money he stole, maybe he was still keeping tabs on her at first, and it was the one last thing he did to ensure that she would go, and maybe he's like, oh, this will be enough, and now I can party. Who knows? Um, I think it's plausible, and I think it's extremely makes sense that August is the one that brought him there because... Gold had to have had help from the outside. Somebody chose Henry and put him there for some reason. And it couldn't have been Gold and it couldn't have been Regina. So, and who is the only other person that can cross the storybook lines with the curse was up and it was August. Ah, so come on. That's awesome. It had to be, had to be him. So there may be other holes in this theory that I haven't thought of, but I really hope I'm right. I think it's amazing. It makes so much sense. And, oh, I also thought about maybe the reason that Regina thought August looked familiar is because August is the one that brought Henry across the storybook lines to Mr. Gold or straight to her. I don't know. Um, If it was straight to her, she probably would have recognized him better and i don't see why she wouldn't have investigated it closer if indeed that did happen and she saw him because he was a stranger but i don't know it's something to think about okay so i hope you guys like my theory and i hope i didn't ramble on too long and so looking forward to the hiatus being over all right 
Thank you so much, Riddle Raven. I think you put that really well, what we're thinking about August and the possibility of his bringing Henry. And you mentioned something at the end that you felt like was a broken piece, but I think actually reminds me that it could piece things together. Remember in uh, the next episode, or one of the early episodes with August, Regina went, it was uh, 7.15... No, not 7.15. Yeah, 7.15 a.m. with the storm episode. Regina went to Emma and said to Emma, there's someone new in town. I need you to find out who he is. Do you remember what Regina said about August? She said he looks familiar. Yeah. So that kind of ties that up nicely. If that's true, if August is the one who brought um, Henry, then she would sort of recognize him. Yeah, before we thought, well, maybe he seems sort of familiar because August or Pinocchio was a boy and Regina might have seen Pinocchio as a boy. But that's that's kind of a stretch. They don't look the same. I think Pinocchio the boy does not look like <laughs> August the yeah. man. I think Riddle Raven has made a great connection here that maybe the reason Regina sees August as slightly familiar in some way is because August brought Henry. And it's very possible. We've never seen, I'm trying to think here, but I don't think we've ever seen August talk directly re- with Regina, have we? No, we we haven't. You're right. We haven't. Yeah, Regina asked Emma to talk to August to find out who he was and all that. But I can't think we've ever seen Regina and August talk together. So maybe that's it. August brought Henry, mm. and that's why he's slightly familiar to, to Regina. Regina. Yeah. I think that theory makes total sense. I think Riddle Raven nailed it there. And that little broken piece, Riddle Raven, if you saw it as a broken piece, actually, I think you helped piece it together. Yeah. What might have been a broken theory. Yeah. Uh, but great feedback, Riddle Raven. Raven. Um, anything to add to that, Jenny? I, I feel like she put it really well. I wonder if Neil knows he has a son. No, I don't think so. You don't think so? No, uh, because August didn't tell him. Back in the episode Tallahassee, if August told Neil that Emma was pregnant... How would Neil, he know at that point? He could have just known because August made sure that Emma ended up in a particular prison... Or watched her as she ended up. Well, I mean, there. I I realize, yeah, he kept he kept tabs on her, but at that point, would he have known she was pregnant? I don't think so, because I'm thinking if he did know Neil, that is. No, Neil, no, I'm talking about August. Oh, August, he probably knew because he's been watching Emma. Well, I mean, the timeline. Maybe maybe that was information he got after he met with Neil. Or right around the same time, because it said oh, six months later. Actually, that or three months that later. meeting happened before Emma got her car keys. So she probably wasn't pregnant. She probably didn't find out she was preg- pregnant then. Well, we so when the keys came, that meeting had already happened. Right. Yes. So he couldn't have known because she didn't even know she was pregnant at that point. Right. So he wouldn't have known to tell Neil. Yeah, that's true. Now, if Neil knew, though, I think that would drive him to try to get back with Emma, even though August has told him, you need to stay away because she needs to do this other thing. 
And remember way back in the pilot episode of Once Upon a Time, Regina asked Emma, what about the father? Is he going to be a problem? And Emma said, he doesn't know about Henry, that is. So at least Emma thinks that Neil doesn't know about Henry. So that makes it, I think, obvious that Emma hasn't tried to reach out to Neil and say, hey, I had your baby. I can't wait to see Neil meet Pinocchio. Yeah. That'll be a fun meeting. It's like, whoa, you look different. (laughs) (laughs) That that will be great. (laughs) I can't wait to see Pinocchio, period. I'm hoping that's in in the the first episode after this break. I'm hoping to see Neil and I'm hoping to Mm. see Pinocchio. Yeah. From certain episode titles, and I won't give anything away, but you can check out the titles over in the forums over at oncepodcast.com slash forums. But certain episode titles, I think, hint that we will see certain characters again in the future. And I'm not going to give away which characters or what those titles are, but I think we might see somebody again at some point. I mean, we're, we're positive we're going to see Neil at some point and maybe somehow learn his backstory. So second question Jacob asked was, I think, could be similar to this. Who wrote the book? I don't know. I hope they'll answer that. I really hope they'll answer that. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I could I could easily see them saving that for the end. Could be. I could see them doing that. I could see them wrapping this whole, whatever you want to call it. Like all the seasons, just wrapping them all up in a neat little package that ends with, oh, guess what? This person wrote the book. (laughs) (laughs) That would be great because the book has been in the first season and the second season. It's probably going to be in all the seasons. So I could see them waiting until the very end to, you know, finish with that. Like that would be brilliant for me. But if not, oh, well. Could be. Well, there might be a point where we move beyond the book in a sense that we're no longer... Um, approaching stories as we have been, but we might move beyond the book in some way. I'm not quite sure how, but it's it's totally possible. These writers are really creative. So mm-hmm. um, like, look how we moved beyond the curse and moved into something new and how differently that turned out than many of us had expected. Now, popular theories are that maybe August wrote the book, maybe Blue Fairy wrote the book, maybe someone else like that. But we don't know. If if August wrote the book, I think that could explain how it ended up in Storybrooke and how it ended up in Mary Margaret's and ultimately Henry's hands. Maybe August planted it there because he could come and go from Storybrooke, like Riddle Raven pointed out. But maybe it was someone else, like Blue Fairy wrote it and just enchanted it so that it would end up in Snow White or Mary Margaret's um, home or anything like that. Uh, some of the other questions that Jacob had asked, and we won't be able to get to all of them, but uh, an unanswered question is, what happened to Thomas in the episode, The Price of Gold? You remember he said that whatever cost there would be to the magic to capture or supposedly capture Rumpelstiltskin, that Thomas would pay the price, and he disappeared at that well. And he, yet he ends up in Storybrooke, healthy and everything. So, I don't know. That's an unanswered question. Maybe. How can we answer that question? Maybe he fell into the well and something happened. Uh, maybe he was the first person to pop up in Storybrook through the well, or maybe not. Um, 
maybe he turned into a frog and hopped away. Maybe, no, we don't know, but we know that maybe he... Maybe we'll find out. Yeah. I like the frog theory. Because <laughs> it would bring in that frog prince frog and prince. princess idea. Princess. Yeah. And um, who did King George love? We've thought, and I think we talked about this on our Once Upon a Time roundtable that we had with some of the other Once Upon a Time podcasters. By the way, if you haven't heard or watched that, go over to oncepodcast.com slash roundtable and the number one. Oncepodcast.com slash roundtable one has the video and the audio that you can uh, watch again to see that great conversation we had from other Once Podcasters like Other Side of the Mirror, Greetings from Storybrooke, After Buzz TV, and... Um, Operation Cobra podcast. We had some big fun discussing Once Upon a Time. And so check that out. And that was something that we talked about on there is maybe Cora was King George's love, maybe someone else. Similar to this, who is a particular woman is who is King Leopold's first wife or I'd Snow like White's to know mother? That too. Yeah. I think that is. Uh, maybe there's some connection between those two. In fact, King Leopold and King George through Snow White's mother, maybe not. But I'm more interested to know who Snow White's mother is. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure we're going to figure that out because that would just be annoying if we didn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, Snow White's mother isn't like a key character in the traditional story. She's just Snow White's mom, and she names her Snow. Yeah. So it would be kind of annoying and kind of sad if they just left her, you know, faceless and unnamed. I don't think it's going to be someone we've already seen, like Maleficent or... Well, Maleficent and Regina are really the only women that could maybe be of that age that would work. Yeah. Or Cora, but I doubt that. So, yeah. Who is she? I don't know. And speaking of Cora, another question Jacob pointed out that's left unanswered is how did the Queen of Hearts get Henry Sr. into Wonderland? Because he was being held there as leverage. These are very good questions. (laughs) (laughs) I can't answer any of them. (laughs) Or here's the big one. Who's Balefire? Neil, maybe Peter Pan, maybe Neil is Peter Pan and not Belfire, maybe vice versa. And where did Belfire go? These are, you know, these... These are like, these are like deep questions that we really can't answer. And you know what's scary? What? We may not get the answers to all of them. Like Lost had a lot of unanswered questions. Now they weren't, they weren't particularly major plot point questions. Yeah. I mean, there were, yeah, certainly certain questions that was like, um, how did the statue get there? Who built the statue? Who was it for? Something like that. Yeah, that was never answered directly that I can remember. But yet, is it really that important? I think it's sloppy. I think it's really sloppy to... <laughs> I, I would just love to, to see all the all the questions answered. I think, mm-hmm. I think personally, I think it's sloppy. If you leave something unanswered, but that's just me. Yeah. But then again, if you answer every single question, then it almost seems too convenient and not very realistic or believable. Well, you can be creative about it. Yeah. You don't have to do like, 
you don't have to conform to like conventional answers. <laughs> you can, <laughs> can do weird answers and be okay. Yeah, and we'll mention uh, Balefire as Neil or Peter Pan in a moment again. But um, Jacob also pointed out in his voicemail, he said that he lives in Memphis and he goes to Temple where Jennifer Goodwin used to go. So uh, he said he didn't know her personally, but he knew some people who did know her and who um, acted with her in Walk the Line. So awesome little connection there. Uh, uh, Jacob, if you ever get to see Jennifer Goodwin... Grab your phone, have her say, hi, this is Jennifer Goodwin or Snow White from Once Upon a Time, and you're listening to One's podcast. Either record it or call into our number and have her leave a voicemail or something. That would be lovely. Yeah, that would be awesome if if you could do that, if you ever get to meet her. I don't know how big this um, temple is or whatever, but uh, if that works, that'd be awesome. We, We almost got one of our fans to have an interview with Sebastian Stan. She was in a place where he was doing some theatrical performances and she was going to get to go backstage, but it just didn't work out. And I felt like so close, but we do have some cool things coming, some cool surprises. So let's, here's a big topic that a lot of people are talking about. And we got a very thorough email here from clock watcher about this. And this came up in our roundtable. A lot of people are posting about this all over the forums, and you can probably guess what it is, that Neil Cassidy is Balefire and is also Peter Pan. This is an idea that, personally, I don't subscribe to this idea. Um, I can see some ways that it could be, but I can't really... I'm not completely convinced. But here's this email from Clockwatcher with some... Good points and interesting connections here. Clockwatcher said, Happy New Year, podcasters. In It's 2013 in January, so we have only a week until we get once back. Anyway, one thing I can definitely see is one of the next episodes is Emma being sent out to find Bay and discover that Bay is Neil. It would be a great plot twist, although half the world already holds this opinion, and it would add some depth to Henry's already messed up family tree. So assuming Neil is Bay, I was reading some other posts in the thread about who Neil is and realized one of the major points is Peter Pan. What one of the major points in Peter Pan was that Peter couldn't remember his family. As said, uh, as sad as this would be, this would explain a lot. Like if Neil is either Bay or Peter, Why would he need August to convince him that magic is real with whatever was in the box? If he's Peter, I think Tinkerbell was in the box. Maybe he didn't need to believe, per se, but perhaps he needed some convincing to leave Emma. Just like in the story when Peter leaves Wendy behind to grow up and he stays a kid with Tinkerbell, Neil left Emma behind to, quote, grow up. How does this tie into Balefire? How much of a twist would it be if Emma went out on a journey to find Rumpel's lost son after hundreds of years of Rumpel's waiting, brought him back to Storybrooke, and on top of him being Henry's dad, he had no idea who Rumpelstiltskin was? I also like Daniel's idea that he could just be a normal person, which would be really ironic because actually no one is really expecting that. But if he was a normal person, what could possibly be in the box to <laughs> convince in the box? you? <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> to convince you that magic exists and that August is telling the truth. And if August did manage to convince Neil, would Neil still have chosen to do the right thing after what he's done? Or did he need to be threatened a little? What do you guys think? From Clockwatcher. And among several postscripts, she said, you guys are awesome. <laughs> Thanks, you are too. Thanks, Clockwatcher. So uh, we talked about this a lot on the roundtable. I asked the other podcasters uh, what their pet theories are, the theory that they're really holding on to and really wanting to see happen. And several of them said that Neil is Balefire and is Peter Pan. And I think Clockwatcher made some great points. I I just feel like I don't think he's going to be Peter Pan. He could be Balefire, but I don't think he's going to be Peter Pan. But I think these are some great points that um, makes me reconsider some of this. That round table was a blast, by the way. Yeah. And we are going to do one again in the future. <laughs> During the next hiatus, we're going to try and get as many other Once Upon a Time podcasters together again. And so there might be some new faces and some repeat faces we had a blast with that. That was so much fun. And uh, again, you can check that out over at oncepodcast.com slash roundtable1, or you probably already heard it in our podcast, but you can also watch the video if you go over to our site. It's on so, YouTube as well, isn't it? Yeah, which that's what's on the website is the YouTube video. And uh, some of the other podcasters embedded the video in their feed so that you would download the video instead of just the audio. But mm. both are great. But it's great to see the people and uh, watch it them is. talk. So, uh, Jenny, what do you think of this idea of Neil? Well, first, Neil being Balefire. You think it seems logical, reasonable? They look similar. Yep. I I, I also like the Peter Pan theory and how... How he forgot mm -hmm. and just needed to be convinced. Yeah, I like that forgetting idea. I do too. Because that creates a new, a new, well, she used the phrase plot twist, but referring to something else that when Neil, if Neil is Balefire and Peter Pan, he won't even know who Rumpelstiltskin yeah, is. So Rumpelstiltskin reaches out to him and he's just like, whoa, dude, you're kind of creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't touch me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So I don't know that. Do you think he would remember him? And you know, if he if that happened, like, do you think there would be any chance that he would remember him? There could be, and that could be some kind of plot point because they're already trying to get. Remember this, Sneezy to remember his past because yeah. Sneezy crossed the line, forgot everything. Yeah, but this is different. Yeah, but maybe Balefire did find, not cross a line. Mm. He just. If he's Peter Pan, he went to Neverland and he forgot everything. Or here's another thought that someone else had emailed this and I'll try and find the email while I'm saying this, but someone else had pointed out that remember when Pinocchio came through with Emma, Pinocchio at first didn't seem to remember why he was here in our world. But then when he touched the tree, then he had a flash and remembered who he was. I don't, I don't agree with that. I think it was just a kid being scared and that was just a way to refresh our memory, you know, kind of like why he was there. Well, it, it happened immediately afterward. I don't know. I, I don't really, I don't get that. I, I really, I don't want to think that, that he forgot suddenly. Well, so it could be that coming through a portal, 
unless you're somehow protected by magic like Regina was and um, sort of Rumpelstiltskin. If you come through a portal, you don't remember your past. Well, how do you explain Captain Hook? He came through a different way. He used beans as portals. Yeah. Yeah, so you know, there are some holes in that theory. Um, but what Bean th- holes. <laughs> yeah, magic bean holes. <laughs> um, do you like the idea or uh, that maybe Neil is, or Balefire is also Peter Pan? Um, when you say it that, when you say it, I like, I like the idea that he forgot. I like mm-hmm. the idea that he'll come back to Storybook and be like, who are you? <laughs> but that also makes me think, will Rumpelstiltskin recognize his son when he finds him? Cause he was just a kid. Mm-hmm. And like, how does he know what to look for? Yeah. Maybe there's that love connection, that love, the family connection. Or maybe he has some kind of magic potion or magic device or something that will help him confirm. Or maybe he just how somehow knows. Oh, well, you remember you remember the potion that he gave um, Prince Charming to yeah. find the Mad Hatter? Yeah. He just said, for if he drops all of this stuff onto the belonging of this person, then it'll lead you to him. Yeah. So, hmm. Rumpelstiltskin could definitely like do something like that to find Balefire. Once fan Aaron in our chat room pointed out what this dialogue could go like when Rumpel talks to Bay. He says, Bay, I'm your father. <laughs> I saw that. It made <laughs> no! me giggle. No. <laughs> or in the case of Peter Pan, he'd be like, What? <laughs> 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 Here's an interesting theory, a twist. Uh, This email came in from Sarah with a really interesting idea. I hadn't heard anything like this before. Um, Sarah said, I haven't heard you guys discuss this. I was rewatching Tallahassee and the scene where Emma and Hook discussed Jack the Giant Killer popped out at me. I don't think Jack was the skeleton at all. Jack was the sword. Rewatching that scene, it seems pretty obvious to me that while Emma was talking about the skeleton, Hook was definitely talking about the sword, not to mention the deliberate panning on the sword engraved with Jack, when Hook says, Jack the Giant Killer. So that opens up a lot, storytelling-wise, because we haven't seen the last of the giant's storyline. I don't think we've seen the last of the real man behind the sword, who might have... Uh, faked his own death. Just an idea from Sarah. I think that's an awesomely creative that's idea. That's a great fake if you turn yourself into a skeleton. <laughs> How could you fake that? Or, well, maybe it was something like he transformed himself and into the sword. How be a sword? That's just wild. That's just wild. You're or, wild, Sarah. You're wild. <laughs> or maybe the sword never was a person, but the sword is on its own magical kind of like so- or famous kind of like sword excalibur or, or one of the other at famous this point swords. i really can't be surprised about something <laughs> like that that would be interesting i love the creative approach and i could certainly see this happening because they've certainly twisted other storyline aspects to us uh, like hook's crocodile isn't a crocodile it was rumpelstiltskin who's has looked crocodilian in his attire ever since the beginning. 
Mm. of Once Upon a Time, or some of these other things that have been more metaphorical. Well, what if it's the other way around, where instead of being metaphorical, or instead of um, a real thing being a metaphor, it's what we thought was a real person is instead a metaphor, instead of a metaphor being a real person. I don't know. I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm really attached to the idea that Jack the Giant Killer was just a man who had Jack engraved on on his sword. <laughs> and that would that would be interesting. I'd I'd be interested to see that happen the way that Sarah said it cuz that would make it kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And different. Jenny, would you read the next email from Aaron? Sure. I'm rewatching season one, Aaron says, and listening to your corresponding podcast about them afterwards. I'm listening to Dreamy right now, and you guys had posted a screen cap of Catherine's phone records here. She has a link. You asked if we saw any lost Easter eggs. I've never watched Lost, but I know that 815 is a significant number, and I noticed... 04815 is the postal code for Catherine's address. Or wait, you guys call it a zip code, right? <laughs> Smiley face, Aaron. Those are lost numbers, and I never caught that. Really? Yeah, the storybook zip code, huh. 4815162342, lost numbers. Interesting. And the first, uh, 04815 being the zip code for storybook is <laughs> awesome. I never caught that. I hadn't seen anyone else catch that. Huh. Uh, maybe someone else did, but that's awesome. And that link that's she mentioned for not for not watching Lost. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like uh, there's a zip code. I don't know if it's important. <laughs> it's this <laughs> number. She, yeah, she saw the number eight fifteen in it, but then it has also four in it, which is part of that sequence four yeah. eight fifteen sixteen twenty three forty two, which totals one oh eight. By the way, and so you know how one oh eight is also significant in other ways. And uh, by the way, the episode she was referencing was our episode 20, which is at oncepodcast.com slash 20 if you want to go back and hear that episode. But I'll have the picture in the show notes for this episode at oncepodcast.com slash 70. But thanks for pointing that out, Erin. That's a great observation there, a great catch. I want to take a moment to thank uh, David Newland, who sponsored this episode of Once Podcast. We really appreciate the support, David. And your sponsorship of this episode helps make these episodes possible and keeping the website going, the forums going, and uh, so much more. And if anyone else would like to sponsor an episode of One's Podcast, please go to onespodcast.com slash sponsor, or I highly recommend that you check out the free Audible audiobook trial membership at onespodcast.com slash audible. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E. You get a free audiobook to keep even if you cancel your free trial, but I think you'll really like it. So check that out, oncepodcast.com slash audible if you'd like to try that out. And I'm really excited to say that we have a sponsor, a corporate sponsor for Once Podcast that I think you guys are really going to love this product that we'll be talking about in future episodes of Once Podcast. So stay tuned to hear about that exciting news coming up in our next episode. Thank you, David. Thank you, David, so much for sponsoring this episode. And so many of our other episodes, and I know many more episodes to come because he sent a large donation to cover many episodes. So thank you so much, David, for your support. Thank you. Let's move on with uh, another email that we got from, uh, this came from, I don't have the name on here. Hmm. It says, 
Uh, hello, I love your podcast and I signed up but forgot all my info. I'm probably too late, but the implications of Emma realizing she has had no control over her life and she has powerful magic are strong. Emma was a woman who trusted no one, lived life as a bail bondsman and felt <laughs> bail bondswoman <laughs> and felt she had control over her own life and has now realized it was out of her hands. I also believe that for some reason, Rumpy, that's Rumpy, not Grumpy, Rumpy wants or knows that she will become the most powerful of them all. I have to disagree that she, um, that she was not in control because she went to Rubble Stiltskin and asked him, you know, she's, she was, she did. She was convinced before she came back to Storybrooke. She was convinced that Rumpelstiltskin has made her who she is. And she has done nothing except Rumpelstiltskin's plan. Mm -hmm. And he, I can't, I I wish you had the clip of his response to that. He basically said something like, um, it was all you pretty much. You did that. You did that. Like you... That was you. Like, I can't even remember. He put it really well. Like, I didn't make you. I just used what you are. Mm -hmm. Something like that. It's very close to that. He said, you're the product of true love. Yeah. So he just used what she is. He didn't make her. Mm -hmm. So I I don't think I I had to disagree with that. Whoever, whoever you are. So clarify for me what part are you disagreeing with i'm disagreeing with the fact with the part where she's he or she said um she felt she didn't have control over her own life oh yeah oh oh and she now realized it was out of her hands well yeah she didn't realize that but it was corrected yeah she may still feel it a little bit i don't think so rumpelstiltskin was pretty convincing Mm mm-hmm yeah, it's true. Uh, Vanessa is the person, the lady who wrote this to okay. us. And she continued saying, I rewatched Tallahassee and I'm 100% on board with Neil as Balefire. I just knew after his reaction to the Dreamcatcher and his interaction with August that he has an innocence deep down that could only make him bay. Hmm. Oh, and does Hook know that if he kills Rumpy with that knife, he will become the Dark One? And that he and Cora will look like Halloween came too early when they land. Looking forward to your next episode, Vanessa. Thank you so much, Vanessa, for that. I, if Hook finds the dagger and kills Rumpelstiltskin, well, first of all, I don't think they would kill Rumpelstiltskin off. If, if Rumpelstiltskin and Hook come face to face in some kind of battle, I know someone's going to die. I would think between the two of them, it would be Hook, or maybe Hook would kill someone Rumpelstiltskin cares about, like Bay, Bay or Bell. Oh, I don't no. want to think it. I don't want to think it. I don't want that to happen. You're gonna make a lot of people <laughs> sad and then angry at you. <laughs> I don't want that to happen, but it could happen. Could doesn't mean I want it to. <laughs> yeah, a lot of things could happen. Ooh, in that'd be awful. Because he took his wife away. Urgh, I'm getting mad just thinking about it. But imagine for a moment Hook as Rumpelstiltskin. 
In ABC's promos, before Hook showed up, they said, imagine someone even worse than Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> Something like well, that. I mean, Hook, Hook already does know about Belle, because yeah. we saw that. Someone in the chat room just... EJ reminded me that he, he already found Belle. Yeah. And spoke with her so he and probably, almost killed her yeah he probably could find bell again especially since me was working for yeah. hook and remember hook has always been kind of a bad guy yeah rumple and a charmer <laughs> rumple was just a a coward when yeah. he got the magic yeah so those core differences between the two of them imagine if hook became the dark one mm. i can't i don't want to I like Hook. I don't want to not like Hook. (laughs) I just don't. All right. Sorry. We dwelled a long time on that first part. Now, uh, Aaron, I think this is a different Aaron than the others, pointed out something that we didn't mention this in our two episodes about the Queen of Hearts. But um, I I think many of you also caught this, and we caught this too, but we just forgot to mention it in here. But uh, Aaron says... Hey guys, not sure if this was discussed, but I don't recall, and it might be obvious, but I just connected it. I just rewatched the pilot when Charming kissed Snow in the first scene of the episode after she ate the apple. She said, you, you found me. Did you ever doubt I would? Truthfully, the glass coffin gave me pause. And that is what Charming said to her at the end of Queen of Hearts. You, you did it. Did you ever doubt I would? No, Though the burning red room did give me pause. (laughs) Yeah, I noticed that. So that that was cute how similar. They keep talking the same way when they find each other. (laughs) They keep like, like passing these little inside jokes with each other. It's just so stinking cute. (laughs) Pretty soon it's going to be good night. I love you. I will always find you. I will always find you. Aaron, Aaron continued saying, so that was cute. I'm new to your podcast. So now that I purchased the Blu-rays, I'm going to listen to the corresponding podcast from last season with the episodes I watch on Blu-ray now. Hooray. That's all from Aaron. Thank you so much, Aaron, for pointing that out to us. And uh, yeah, for letting us, uh, reminding us to point out that connection. And it's great to see them. I know some people really hate hearing the phrase, I will always find you. They think it's overused. I know some people. It's who they yeah. are. It's yeah. what they say. <laughs> you got to remember. It's their little inside joke. You got to have something. We're talking about Snow White and Prince Charming. There's, I will find you. <laughs> yeah. I will always find you. I'm rescuing you. <laughs> <laughs> So great feedback, everyone. Thank you so much for sending those in, those questions, those answers, those observations and theories. And we'd love to hear more of yours. Now, here's the thing. From here on out until the next um, hiatus, we're going to be focusing on each episode of Once Upon a Time as it airs. So if you're just joining our podcast, then the way we do this is on Sunday nights. And remember, this schedule won't actually resume like this until January 16th. But on Sunday nights, after the Eastern and central time airing of Once Upon a Time, we have our live initial reactions. So that's at 9.15 Eastern Standard Time, GMT minus 5. Then on Wednesday nights at 8.30 Eastern Standard Time, GMT minus 5, we have our full discussion where we include your feedback, sound clips, screenshots, um, and all of that full discussion, research, and all of that. 
So we'll be doing those and we want your feedback to include in this. You can send us screenshots, you can send us audio clips, uh, audio files, videos, whatever. Pictures you draw. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we love some of these pictures that people have sent us and uh, <laughs> pictures of characters and yeah. things that you've drawn. And we have a place on the forums too, where you can show off your work and show off fan creations and stories you've written, all of that stuff. But please send us your feedback for these episodes as they come in. So you can email written or audio feedback to feedback at oncepodcast.com or call 903-231-2221. Or you can also go to oncepodcast.com and click on the send a voice message tab over on the right side and record a message right from your computer to send to us. Just make sure that you have some uh, or no noise in the background. We don't want to hear Prince Charming slashing people with swords in the background. Actually, if you get the real Prince Charming, that could be cool. <laughs> but also check out the show notes for this episode. But in order to get the whole effect, you'd have to say, you'd have to have him say, I'm Prince Charming. <laughs> I'm Prince Charming. <laughs> or maybe not. <laughs> Otherwise, we won't know what it is. In a sword fight, he would say, I will always fight you. I will, I will always, always fight, fight you. you. My name is Josh Dallas. Yeah. Well, uh, we would love to have your feedback then. And also, you can always go to the forums and share your theories and thoughts and observations there with so many other Once Upon a Time fans. We've got over 30,000 posts in the forums right now and hundreds of members over there. It's really cool and so many discussions going on. We have appropriate places for spoilers and non-spoiler sections for discussion. So Our check... forum people are so cool. Oh, yeah. They they really get into things. And I love seeing them talk back and forth about theories and <laughs> sometimes just sit back and see like them get so passionate about their theories. And that's awesome. <laughs> and uh, we, we we're so passionate about this TV show, and we know you are too. And so it's really cool to see everyone talking together and sharing theories. Even when the theories collide, it's just awesome. We have awesome so much fun there. watching you have fun. Yeah. So check Love that it. out and more over at oncepodcast.com. And again, make sure that you check out the roundtable, uh, watch it or listen to it at oncepodcast.com slash roundtable. And if you listen to other Once Upon a Time podcasts, which I encourage you to do, you can check out the complete list of them at oncepodcast.com slash more podcasts. Let them know that you'd like to hear them and see them on the roundtable as well. I know just our scheduling with that didn't work for everybody, but we hope to get more people on in the future. Now, the announcement that I know many of you have been waiting for <laughs> about the costume contest that we had for Once Upon a Time fan-made costumes and wow, were there some great creative costumes. We had 23 entries from many different people. And some people created more than one costume, and that's fine. And so 23 different entries in this contest. We received 1,233 votes. That's a lot of voting happening. Yeah, that is awesome. So third place. Now, only first place is going to get a prize, but third place was the Belle costume by Holly Heller. It had 94 votes. And I think we need the monkeys! <laughs> Woo! I'll save the... That's reference from our comedy podcast. I'll save the <laughs> clapping for first place. Second place was Snow White by Rachel Levine with 337 votes. I just... I think all of these costumes were so cool. Yeah, so creative with these. But first place... The moment I saw it, I knew 
this one's probably going to win first place. <laughs> but it was all community voted and uh, awesome here. First place with 562 votes. From old. Far blasting out the competition was Rumpelstiltskin by Tim Hawks. Woo-hoo! So congratulations, Tim Hawks. There, there's your applause. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, the monkeys! Congratulations, Tim Hawks, for your amazing job on Rumpelstiltskin. And, uh, if you haven't seen it, go look at it. It's yes. incredible. I'll have the picture in the show notes, all three of these pictures in the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash 70. So you can check this out and congratulate Tim on his amazing job on Rumpelstiltskin. He even spray painted his face gold, his <laughs> outfit. I mean, he really, he's a teenager. Yeah, he's a teenager and he looks like a miniature Rumpelstiltskin. I know his hair is like brown, the perfect shade of brown and curly and he's got... Wow, it's just awesome. It, yeah, a great job. Amazing. So your prize for that will be an Amazon gift card, and uh, it's going to be at least $10 Amazon gift card that you'll be able to use. I'm going to double check some of our funds to try and see if we can make that more. But congratulations, Tim, and great job, everyone else. We're going to do this again next year. And hopefully we can make the sponsor or the prize even bigger. Yeah, and there'll be next year. better news. We'll have even more characters you could dress up as next yeah. year. Or should I say, once upon a time, we'll have more characters <laughs> yeah. that we know. What well, I'm kind fun. of surprised no one did is dressed up as one of us with a microphone and said, I'm a once upon a time podcaster. <laughs> I'm surprised we didn't see any costumes of Granny. Yeah. Well, we had we had some creative ones. Like there was actually a Snow White, a princess Snow White costume yes. instead of the rugged Snow White. There were a couple rugged Snow Whites. Yes, there were a couple yeah. reds. I think I know Emmas. which one you're talking about. And if I had, if I could get a second vote, I would have voted for that one, the <laughs> princess Snow White with the white dress and the apple. So Loved congratulations, it. Tim. We will be emailing you that gift card code very soon, and post the picture in the show notes for this episode. So we'll do that again. I said next year, but I really mean this year since it's now 2013. But Mm -hmm. around uh, October and November, we'll have that open again. So start your planning for what kind of awesome (laughs) costume you'll do. Because you have nothing else to do, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, we hope to have some other contests as well (laughs) this summer during the hiatus and upcoming episodes. So remember, send us your feedback and our schedule will be a little bit Odd, we won't be able to record our live episodes until January 16th. We will have our next live episode will be initial reactions to this upcoming episode of Once Upon a Time. We'll record those at 3.30 in the afternoon, Eastern Standard Time. That's GMT minus five, or yeah, minus five at oncepodcast.com slash live. And that'll be on Monday, January 7th, 2013. Then after that, we probably won't have a live podcast again until January 16th when we do our normal schedule. And you can check out oncepodcast.com slash live. Scroll down to the calendar to see what our schedule actually is for when we're doing live episodes. And follow us on Twitter for the late-breaking announcements and news. You can follow the podcast on twitter.com slash oncepodcast. And I'm Daniel J. Lewis. You can follow me on Twitter at the ramen noodle. And I'm Jenny, and you can follow me at twitter.com slash Jenny Snook. And follow our friend and co-host Jeremy Laughlin at twitter.com slash Fleegon. That's P-H-L-E-G-O-N. And we'll also have a special spoiler segment 
after the music ends so you can listen to it or skip it if you prefer. Send us your feedback to feedback at oncepodcast.com and 903-231-2221. Until next time, have a happy ever after and thanks for listening. Once Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Big thanks to our sponsor for this week's episode of Once Podcast. If you'd like to sponsor an episode, please go to oncepodcast.com slash sponsor. And now, some spoilers with Hunter. Happy New Year, Oncers! Hunter Hathaway here with your spoilers for the Once Podcast. Episode 10, The Cricket Game, will air this Sunday, directed by Dean White and written by David H. Goodman and Robert Hull. In Storybrooke, the Charming Clan celebrates their reunion, unaware that Cora and Hook have arrived and are plotting their next move. While they celebrate, Regina is accused of murdering one of the town's most beloved fairy tale characters, and you'll never guess who comes to her defense. Emma. Apparently, she's the only one in town who senses she may be innocent. In past fairy tale land, Snow and Charming plan Regina's public execution in order to rid the land of her murderous tyranny. As we know, Regina isn't actually executed, so I can't wait to see how she gets out of this one. Now it's time for some casting news, and we have a lot. Adam Horowitz gave us all a wonderful present when he tweeted, Yes, Prince Philip is brilliantly portrayed by Julian Morris, will return, and soonish. According to TV Line, Sequoia Martin-Green, most recently seen on The Walking Dead, has been cast for multiple episodes. She will play a character named Tamara. A casting call for the character states Tamara is beautiful, artistic, relaxed, friendly, charming, and smart. She is also ambitious, fearless, and and a born leader. And she won't stop until she gets what she wants. Deadline reports that Rose McGowan has been cast to play a young version of Cora. And now for a casting call. For episode 15, they're looking for someone to play the role of Edith. She's 50, kind, and serves a wealthy family whose members think of her as one of their own, in whom she's very loyal. New titles have been announced for some upcoming episodes. Episode 11, The Outsider. Episode 12, In the Name of the Brother. Episode 13 is Tiny. Episode 14, Manhattan. Episode 15, The Queen is Dead. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Bit of Pixie Dust. Enjoy the new episode this Sunday night.